Good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor and it's so good to have you guys here today. If it's your first day with us, welcome. We're so glad you're here. This is a place where you can belong before you believe. The Gathering is a family and I hope that when you walked in this morning, you felt wanted and valued and seen. You know, we believe that we're all on this spiritual pathway and that our job as the church is to come alongside one another so that we can take this journey together, that we might know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so we're just so glad you're here today. Well, I've got a couple things I want to share with you before we get in. And uh, first, if you've been with us for any period of time, you know that just two Sundays from today, we will be moving to T.C. Robertson High School. So we have, after today, we have two Sundays left here at Rainbow Community School. And uh, man, that last Sunday here, you're not going to want to miss it because we're going to celebrate and go out with a bang and, and celebrate what God's done here. And, and then the week after that, we will be at T.C. Robertson. Now, uh, it's important to know this uh, as you make your plans for the Christmas season. That will be our Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve Eve. And so on December 23rd at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., we're going to have a very special Christmas Eve service for you for our very first service at T.C. Robertson High School. So if you come on Monday as well on Christmas Eve, it's just going to be school and you're just going to have to get some homework or something, okay? Actually, I don't think people go to school on Christmas Eve, so you'll just have to have a time of worship in your car. Uh, you can bring your own candle and light it and just hold it up and... And celebrate the season. So December 23rd will be our Christmas Eve service at T.C. Robertson High School. And we want to invite you to partner with us in every way on this move. With your programs this morning, you had a little invite card that had a nice little graphic on there that says gather at Christmas. That's our Christmas series that we start next week. And on the back, it's got a little bit about that and the address and the service times. I would encourage you to go find somebody this week and give them one of these invite cards. Invite them to join us at that first service for our Christmas Eve service on December 23rd so that they can experience the hope and the life and the message of Jesus alongside us this holiday season. Today is Growth Track Step 1, and so this is the very best time to get engaged and get involved on the Dream Team. Listen, it's time. If you've been thinking about getting involved and being a part of what God is doing here, getting up off the sidelines and getting in the game, now is the time. We've got a big dream ahead of us at T.C. Robertson, and it's going to take a bigger and bigger dream team. And growth track is the pathway to get there. And so uh, if you've ever thought about joining the dream team, it's not a, you don't have to join just because you went, but if you're curious, come join us right after service today at 1245 for growth track step one. Well, we've been in a series called My Big Fat Mouth. And uh, we've been talking all kinds about different ways that we use our mouths and ways that we use our words that are hurtful. We've been trying to learn new languages, languages of encouragement and honor over languages of criticism and complaining. We've been learning what, what it really looks like to speak the truth in love, to speak with honesty as we talk through lying. And today I want to talk about gossip. I want to talk for, as we close out this series, I want to finish up by talking about gossip. It reminds me of a story I heard. 
four pastors uh, were getting together for a friendly gathering. And these guys were buddies, and they were getting together, and they said, hey, you know, our, our, our people are always coming to us and confessing their sins, and it, maybe it would be good for us if we just, to one another, confess some of our secrets and some of our sins that, that we need to get off our, our, our chest and, and get freedom from. And they're like, okay, that's a great idea. Let's work through it together. And so the first guy said, well, I'll go first. You know, I, I, I love movies, and one of the things that I do is, uh, is I'll cancel important meetings, and I'll go sneak off to the movies during the workday. And everybody's like, wow, that's pretty bad, man. That's, we'll, we'll help you with that, you know. And the next guy's like, okay, well, you know, you guys know I like to fish. Well, truth is, every time I go fishing, I stop at the gas station, I buy a pack of cigarettes, and I smoke like the whole time I'm fishing. And, and, the, and the other guy's like, wow, man, that's pretty, that's pretty rough, you know. Let's, we're going to pray for you. Like, we're going to help you get get free from that. And the third guy said, well, Mike, mine's a lot worse, guys. I'm, I'm going to come clean. You know, I, I actually, when I'm stressed out, what I like to do is sneak off to the reservation, go hit the casinos, and I just gamble my troubles away. And everybody's like, wow, man, that is, you should not be doing that. We need to work on that together. And finally, everybody's sitting there, and it's silent. And the fourth guy won't say a word. And they're like, hey, man, we just shared, we just shared our darkest secrets. You've got to say something. And he goes, okay, okay, fine. Mine is, I love to gossip and I can't wait to get out of this room. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's not a real story. It's funny, though, because he couldn't wait to go tell all their secrets. That's why. All right. Well, first service really thought it was funny, so they're my favorite today. <sighs> well, gossip is something that we all fall into at one time or another. Some of us find ourselves pulled into it. Some of us can't get enough of it. Maybe you're at work and in the break room, everybody is talking about Karen and how she got drunk at the holiday party and went home with Devin from accounting. And you're thinking, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved. And next thing you know, you're standing there with them saying, you know, I did see her up at the bar more than a couple times. Or maybe for you, you're at life group and everybody's going around sharing prayer requests. And you think this is the perfect time to tell everybody that Kyla's husband secretly has a problem with gambling and everybody here should be praying for them. Or maybe for you, it's one of those things that you, you just, you go seeking information. You go walking around looking for it, like, and once you find a good piece of information, a good piece of gossip, you carry it around like a hot plate looking for the closest place to drop it. Maybe for some of us, we're like the fourth pastor in that story, just waiting for juicy details to get spilled. Sometimes we write gossip off like it's not that big of a deal. We justify it. We say, well, we're just telling the truth. I mean, it's, it's not really gossip if it's true. I'm just letting people know what's really going on. Or sometimes we disguise it as a prayer request that has nothing to do about us or anybody else in the room. Sometimes we fall into gossip almost like it's, like it's harmless because we believe the people involved will never hear about it. Or maybe we just... Love it when we hear that rumor that's too good to keep. But gossip is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Many of us here today have been hurt by it. We've lost a friendship over it or we've just been embarrassed by gossip. In the Bible it says rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep down into one's heart. It's Proverbs 18.18. 18. Dainty morsels. It's like one of those things where you didn't intend 
to get involved, but now it's just a part of you. It's like a, a sharing size bag of peanut M&Ms, you know? Everybody ever get a sharing size bag of peanut M&Ms? They should call it a stress relief size bag of peanut M&Ms. Nobody shares it. I don't know why they put that on the package. And you open up the bag of peanut M&Ms, you think, I'm just going to have one or two. It's not a big deal. And next thing you know, you're holding an empty bag of peanut M&Ms, and everything in it has gone straight to your hips. Gossip's like that, but it goes straight to your heart. We think it's not a big deal, but next thing you know, we've gone all the way in, and the damage hasn't just happened around us. The damage has been done in our hearts. The Bible takes gossip very seriously. In fact, Paul puts it at the top of a list of some of the worst things that we can do to hurt others. Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 32, it says, They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do those very things, but approve of those who practice them. That seems extreme, Paul. Why is gossiping on this list with all these very bad things that these folks are doing? Why is gossip right up there with murder? And it, why, why, is it, why is it on this harsh list? And it's because gossip has something in common with every other sin on this list, and that is that it hurts people. You see, the things that, that made it onto this list, these sins, these sins that, that are on this list are all things that result in hurt in others. As followers of Jesus, we've been called to heal. We've been called to bring hope. We've been called to love people the way that Jesus loved the church, to give our lives up for people. But when we gossip, we bring hurt instead of healing. Gossip hurts people. Gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. First, gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip separates the best of friends. Words are so powerful. And a lot of times we think, well, it, it, we're gossip. We're, we may be talking about this person, but it's not going to hurt them because you know, it's just me and this one other person talking about them. I'm just telling this one person. I'm just telling these people. And they won't know that we're talking about them. So really nobody's getting hurt. But the person who's being spoken about is always hurt in a situation involving gossip. Because words are powerful. And one word of gossip can bring pain that it that takes years for us to heal from. To be on the receiving end of gossip is to know what betrayal feels like. Maybe for you, somebody shared a secret crush that you had on someone, and now you're embarrassed and you're hurt. Maybe for you, you got vulnerable and exposed an area that you need freedom from, an area that's difficult for you to talk about, and somebody took that vulnerability and exposed it to others. Maybe somebody said something about you that wasn't true, and it doesn't really matter whether or not Somebody believed them or not because it cast doubt over your character and it hurt. Maybe you got vulnerable with somebody and they betrayed you. Make no mistake about it. Whether or not you think the subject will ever find out you were talking about them, gossip hurts the subject of gossip. 
of the gossip. It's not harmless. It's not truth. It creates wounds. It robs trust and it breaks intimacy. Second person gossip hurts is gossip hurts the listener. Gossip hurts the listener. Maybe you're thinking, well, I don't ever spread gossip. I don't ever share it. I don't ever, I don't ever tell anybody else. But you're one of the first people that walks over when you hear somebody else spreading it. Maybe you're just like a collector of information. You know, When Google came out, it was the best thing ever because now you could just read long articles about nothing that matters to you. And that's just a search for information. And you like to collect information about people just to know it. Just, just curiosity. It's harmless. And when you hear somebody gossiping, you just kind of move a couple steps closer so that you can listen. You walk up and you don't say anything, but you nod your head and you say, no, it's okay. You can keep going. Or you hear people gossiping and you just kind of roll the chair in your office back a little bit, right? Lean that thing over and say, well, I'm not really hurting anyone. I just, I, they're talking about Karen. I just need to know more about it. And you just like the information and you think, well, it's not hurting me at all. I'm just a bystander. I'm just curious about what's going on in other people's lives. But the Proverbs say, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip and liars pay close attention to slander. What you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. If nobody listened to gossip, it wouldn't be gossip. See, gossip requires both a speaker and a listener. Gossip requires another party in order for it to spread. When you allow gossip to enter the conversation that you are in, you're hurting your character as well as theirs. So third, gossip hurts the speaker. Gossip hurts the speaker always, 100% of the time. When you gossip, you harm your character. And when you harm your character, you harm yourself. When we do things that break from the character of God, we create deeper and deeper brokenness inside of ourselves. See, I think a lot of times, the reason that we're gossiping in the first place is out of our own brokenness. We're just keenly aware of how broken we are, how weak we feel. And so it feels good to magnify the weakness of somebody else. It feels good to expose the brokenness of somebody else. And in fact, what happens is we're breaking further and further away from the character of God. We're sacrificing more and more from the character that we should be building. And the brokenness that we're trying to mask with the gossip is only multiplying inside of us. Brokenness that will find its way deep down into our hearts. Brokenness that will lead us to places like anxiety and depression and loneliness. Gossip will lead you to loneliness because gossip breaks the trust that others have in you. Proverbs 25, 9 through 10 says, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. In other words, even when you're frustrated, even when you've had a bad day, Protect the people around you. Others may accuse you of gossip and you'll never again regain your good reputation. And a day will come when you will need somebody that you can trust, but you will find that nobody trusts you. Gossip wounds people on all fronts. Every person involved with gossip is hurt by gossip. At the gathering church, this is a culture talk for us because I don't think gossip's really a problem here. I think we do a good job of putting it out, stamping it. I think everybody struggles with it. There's no church in America where there won't be a problem 
But I think here we have a real culture of vulnerability. See, I think it's a place where when you really get into a life group, if you haven't been in a life group yet, I I need to let you know you're missing out. Because one of the things that the world we live in today is missing is a culture of vulnerability. One of the things that the world we live in today, people are losing is the ability to be intimate with others. The ability to have the kind of community where you can expose things that you've kept hidden for too long. Because you cannot find freedom from something that you are hiding. So we have a real culture of vulnerability here where it's okay to not be okay. We are all finding freedom together. When we say you can know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference, we're not saying, hey, we're all the way over here making a difference, but you're back there. You need to find some freedom so you can come on and join the rest of us. No, we are all still finding freedom. It it is a lifelong struggle. We will always be trying to get closer to who Jesus is and further away from who we've been. There will always be things that we need to break free from. But it requires us to be vulnerable with one another. We've got to expose it. We've got to take things that we've kept in darkness and drag them into the light. And here's the problem with gossip. Gossip and vulnerability cannot exist in the same environment. So let's choose vulnerability. Let's choose instead of allowing gossip into this environment to only allow vulnerability into this environment. Let's choose if we're going to build something here amongst ourselves, in our homes, in our life groups, on the dream team, as a church. If we're going to build a culture, let's make sure without a shadow of a doubt that it is a culture of vulnerability where people can find healing instead of a culture of gossip where people are being hurt. Let's set it right. So first, uh, just, three, three, just a couple simple things. I think gossip is one of those sins that's very easy for us to get into, but it's also easy to get out of. Maybe for some, it becomes like an addiction. Just like anything else, any other sin you can fall into addictive habit with. And it may take a longer time for you to find freedom from, but for most of us, gossip is casual. And we can end it a lot easier than we think we can. So first, let's just kill gossip. Let's shut it down. Let's turn it off. As a people, let's destroy it. See, the thing about gossip is it requires both a listener and a speaker. You have to both, somebody has to listen, somebody has to share. And so let's cut it off at both access points. First, if you think you're involved, if you think somebody's bringing it to you, I would encourage you, kill gossip by guarding your ears. Guard your ears. Guard your ears. This is profound, so get a pen out and write this down so you won't forget. Listen, it's important. If someone brings you gossip, you don't have to listen to them. You don't, you don't have to. If someone else is doing it, it's not their sin if you sit there and let them go. It's yours together. You don't have to listen. You can shut gossip down with one simple question. Why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? You don't have to be combative about it. You don't have to be confrontational. I'd encourage you to ask in love. When somebody sits in front of you and begins to share information with you that makes you feel uncomfortable. Because the more you do this, the more the Holy Spirit inside of you will begin to shift when someone shares gossip with you. You feel it right now. And as the gossip starts to come and you just look at that person and say, why are you telling me this? 
If they can't give you a good answer, it's gossip. If their answer isn't that they're, if their answer is something like, well, I just wanted to see what you think about it, it's gossip. If their answer is, well, it's because it's true. This is a true thing. You should know. It's gossip. If it's not about them and they need your counsel or your wisdom, or if it's not about somebody who has asked them to share to you, to come talk to them, it's gossip. If they're not involved in any way, it's gossip. If you're not involved in any way, it's gossip. We can shut it down by saying, why are you telling me this? Or have you spoken with this person about this? Or are you just telling me? If it's somebody in your life who continues to bring it up and they won't let you shut it down, it just keeps happening, then it might be time to spend less time around that person. Proverbs 20, 19 Listen, the Proverbs is is the only place we need to go to find wisdom about how to use our words. It's full of it. I would encourage you to read the Proverbs every single day. Solomon is sitting down writing the Proverbs so that his sons don't make all the same mistakes that he made. And we can benefit just as they could have. In Proverbs 20, 19, it says, A gossip goes around telling secrets. So just don't hang around with chatterers. It's really profound wisdom. Just don't hang around with people that are always gossiping. They're chatterers. You have some chatterers in your life. And it's time to speak some life to them and encourage them to find freedom from it. And if they won't, then maybe it's time to just not spend so much time with chatterers. When people bring me gossip, I get gossip. As a pastor, people want to bring me gossip a lot. They want to bring it up. It's dressed up a lot of times as a concern about a church member. You know, that, hey, this, you should know this is going on in your church. Or, or, or as a, hey, you should pray for this because I heard about this from this other person. And listen, I shut it down faster than a politician's promise on election day. Come on. I tell them, hey, hey, is this about you? Is that, are you asking me to pray for you? No, you're asking me to pray for Karen that you heard about? That's all right. I'll go talk. Karen can come talk to me when she's ready. Or guess what? Here's what I would encourage you to do. If this is out of a genuine desire to see someone else Lift it up. Maybe you want to come share this with me out of a genuine desire for me to pray for them. And I appreciate that. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Pray for them yourself. Here's a surprise. Your prayers are just as powerful and just as effective as mine. And people get surprised by that. They say, well, you're the pastor. You're like a, you've got like a direct line. I've just, you've got the bat phone. You know, I'm just over here trying my best. Nope, doesn't work like that. You don't have to come tell me because that's gossip. And I don't want to hear it. But you can get on your knees and intercede for that person. You can get down on your face and ask a God to intercede on behalf of somebody else. It's okay to pray for somebody who's hurting. If you hear about somebody's hurting, if you hear about somebody's journey, somebody's struggle, then I would encourage you to go get on your knees and pray for that person. But if it is not your struggle, you do not need to bring others into it. We can pray for these people, but we do not need to share their struggle on their behalf. Must be sensible. Guard our ears. Guard our ears. And then second, close your mouth. Actually, I think I said, shut your mouth. <laughs> this is from the Bible, okay? Listen. It says in Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I wish I would have memorized that verse at an earlier age. John Mark, keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Isn't this good advice? We don't have to spread gossip. If you are about to feel something crossing your lips that just might be gossip, shut your lips. Don't let it pass. We can kill gossip by not spreading gossip. 
If you're thinking about gossiping or you're not sure if it's gossip or you think it might be gossip, don't gossip. Proverbs eleven twelve says, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Let's be sensible. Let's be sensible people. If you really struggle with this, and I know some do, it's not, it's not intentional. Just next thing you know, you've heard the information, next thing you know, you're telling the next person. I know, every, every person has a struggle, okay? Maybe this is yours. I would encourage you to make Psalm 141.3 your prayer. Just pray it every day, every night, every time you feel the need, every time you, you hear something and the Spirit says, that's gossip inside of you, say, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard. Lord, send an angel with a fiery sword to stand in front of my mouth so that I won't do this sin and hurt somebody and hurt myself. It's good wisdom. Gossip directly hurts people. Hurts you, hurts the listener, hurts the person it's spoken about. So let's kill it. It, it, Only share somebody's story if it directly affects you and you need counsel on how to move forward or if that person has said, will you ask people to pray about this for me? If you've been directly asked to share it. Let's, Let's kill gossip. Second, let's protect people. Let's protect others. Let's show people honor by protecting their vulnerability. We need, we need to be protected. If, if you're going to open up and be, be vulnerable, you need to know the person that you're being vulnerable with is going to protect you. I only want to be vulnerable with people that I know are in my corner. That, they're, that, that with, with this secret that I give them, they will protect it and honor me in that way. When somebody opens up in your life group, It's an invitation to walk with them to freedom, not an invitation to share that bondage with others. Let's protect each other. Don't you want to know that you're protected? Because gossip and vulnerability just cannot exist in the same environment. So we need to continue to choose vulnerability. And in order to do that, we have got to protect one another. Galatians 6.2 One of my favorite verses says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. When somebody comes to you with their hurt, you shoulder it. You say, let me help you with this. Let me walk alongside you in this. I know there's a path to freedom. Let's find it together. Let's lay these burdens down at the feet of Jesus together. Let's just keep moving forward in it together. Do you know what the law of Christ is? It says you will fulfill the law of Christ. And and just so you know, that means you will love people the way that Jesus loved the church. That you would love one another with all everything that you've got. That you would love people the way Jesus loves People, when you carry one another's burdens, when you protect one another, when you walk beside each other in this journey, you are being Jesus for that person. You are fulfilling what Jesus has called us to do through that person. The Bible says, here's how they'll know you're my disciples, by the way that you love one another. So let's protect each other and show each other our love through that protection. Finally, the Bible says, serve one one another out of love. Instead of gossiping, instead of hurting, instead of using our words in a way that brings damage and pain and breaks intimacy and breaks relationships, let's serve each other. 
the way that Jesus served. Here's something that you can't do when you gossip about somebody. You can't serve them. Jesus said that every one of us, the way that the world would know we are his disciples is by the way that we love one another. We show people love by serving them, by showing them honor, and by working to move them closer to their purpose, not by sharing their worst moments with others. See, gossip is the opposite of gospel. We are called to spread the gospel, not gossip. Here's what the gospel looks like. You see, I think if if we're going to do this, we've just got to make it a commitment to move one step closer to who Jesus is. I think gossip couldn't be further away from who Jesus is. I think one of of the things that we do when we gossip is we are using our words to step back into who we've been instead of stepping in closer to who he is. You see, I think what our call is as followers of Jesus is just to follow Jesus to follow him, to get closer to him, to do things every single day that make us look more and more like him. And the way that we use our words, it determines whether or not we're taking those steps forward. In the book of James, in chapter three, it says that salt water and fresh water can't come out of the same spring. And in the same way, cursing and praising can't come across the same tongue. You've got to choose one or the other. You can be like Jesus. You can be like this world. You can get closer to who he's created you to be. You can get closer to who you were. When you gossip, you're making the choice. See, who Jesus is is different. The way that he behaves, the way that he processes things different. It's different than the way this world would lead us to. There's a story, one of my favorite stories that shows us the character of Jesus is in John chapter 13. Jesus is having his last meal, a Passover feast with the disciples before he would be crucified. And in this, in this moment, in this room, Jesus is sitting there with all 12 of them. And one of the customs at, a, at any kind of a dinner would be that the lowest servant in the household would wash the feet of everyone there because they had sandals and dirt streets, right? Gross feet. And so the lowest servant would scrub their feet clean so that it would be a clean time at the dinner table. And Jesus takes the position of that servant for all 12 of his disciples. He, he takes off his outer garment. He wraps a towel around his waist. He gets down on his knees. And the king of kings begins to wash these feet. And here's the thing. I think sometimes we gossip and we feel justified in it. Because the people that we're talking about hurt us. Or the people, the people that we're sharing about, they don't deserve honor. They don't deserve to be lifted up. Or we're just mad and we're hurting and we feel weak and we feel broken. And so when we expose this in somebody else, it makes us feel a little bit better. And you need to know what Jesus was doing that night. Because he washed the feet of eight men who were about to run and flee in the moment that he needed them the most. That as soon as the soldiers would show up and take Jesus away, they would scatter and hide. And he washed their feet. And he would get to Peter. And Jesus knew that in a few hours that Peter, the same one who declared Jesus was the son of God, would stand in front of a 12-year-old girl and say, I don't know who he is. I've never, I've never met him, never seen him. Would deny ever meeting Jesus three times. I know that hurt. But Jesus washed his feet. He said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll never be clean. Washed his feet. And then Jesus kneels on his knees in front of Judas Iscariot 
sits in a chair, rustling around because that very night from that very meal, he would leave and he would sell Jesus for, for a few pieces of silver to be crucified and tortured and killed. And Jesus knew and he knew who and he knew when. And he washed his feet and he scrubbed his feet. He washed the dirt out from between his toes. He served him no matter what. This is the character of Jesus. This is who we're called to be. This is who we follow. We cannot gossip and serve people at the same time. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter what they did to you. It doesn't matter how much it hurts. It doesn't matter how weak you feel. It doesn't matter. We're called to be washers of feet. We're using our words to speak honor, to speak life, to bring hope, to bring truth, to shed light into darkness, to help people who feel like there's nothing left know that there is more. That's what our words are for. That's why we've been given a tongue. That's why we've been given the ability to speak, not to bring hurt or shame or weakness out of somebody else. That's what the enemy does. When we use our tongues to gossip, we use our tongues the way the enemy would. We're called to use our mouths, to use our words. Instead of bringing hurt, we're called to bring hope to people. Every word that we use should be a word that serves somebody, that loves somebody, that cares for somebody, that protects somebody, because this is the way Jesus lives, and this is the way we're called to live. To be like Jesus in the upper room. We don't, we don't move people closer to Jesus by gossiping. We do it by serving people no matter who they are, by protecting people in their vulnerability. We do it by speaking honor over others and showing honor in our actions. We do it by shutting down the spread of gossip. One final thought before we go this morning. Why do we gossip? Is it just a burning desire to know everything about everyone, a salacious curiosity? Or is it something more? Do we feel so hurt and so weak that it just feels a little bit better to expose the weakness of others, to be reminded that it could be worse, to show others that it could be worse. I wanna to talk to you this morning if that's you. Listen, listen. I understand that it is hard to feel helpless. I understand that it is hard to feel weak, to feel like there's areas that you just can't grow in. I understand what it is like to have mistakes you're not proud of. I understand. But the way forward is not by hurting others. It's by acknowledging your weakness. See, gossip claims I'm strong because they're weak. But the gospel proclaims I am weak, but he is strong. That it doesn't have to be about me. That, it's, that my mistakes don't matter. That, it, that I'll never be strong enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be worthy enough. It doesn't matter. You can look at my weaknesses all you want just so long as they help you see the one who is making me stronger, who is giving me the ability to stand up, who is making me get through the day. Listen, the gospel says, listen, Paul, he's, he feels useless in an area and over and over again he asked God free me of this free me of this let me not be weak in this area I've, I've got a big stage people are looking at me God help me to kill this weakness and God says no my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in your weakness and when you are weak I am strong 
That's what we proclaim this morning. That's what I would proclaim over you. Stop using your words to hurt others. It's not helping you. It's only making it worse. It's only bringing in more brokenness in your life. There is one who would heal your brokenness, who would bring hope into your heart, who would help you understand that it doesn't matter who you were yesterday because he's fixated on the purpose he's given you for tomorrow. When we are weak, he is strong. Let's keep our attention focused on the only one who matters instead of trying to focus it on others. Let's make sure that as we move out of this series that we don't walk away from it having just learned a thing or two about how to talk a little nicer. No, let's, let's drop one language from our mouths and let's put another one in its place. Let us kill the language of this world. We live in a culture where it's normal and it's easy to go through each day complaining about everything, criticizing everyone around us, lying just to get through every moment, and then gossiping to make ourselves feel better. That is the language of our enemy, the devil. And we are called to speak in the language of God. Instead of complaining, we can encourage. We can build. Instead of criticizing, we can honor. We can lift up. We can say there is more for you. Instead of lying, we can be honest. We can be truthful or we can be quiet. Instead of gossiping, we can lift people up. We can build people up or we can keep our mouths shut. Listen, there's a better way to live as a church, as a people in this city. Let us be known for the ways we are different and the ways we are closer to who he has made us to be and let it start with the way that we use our words. Our words are so powerful. Never, ever underestimate the weight of every word that crosses your lips. Let's use that power to build up, to bring life, to bring hope, to bring what is good to a community, to a city, to a world in desperate need of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, God. We thank you, Lord, that you would even see value in us, God. That you would create us with a purpose. That you would give us a reason from the very beginning. That, God, you would call us. That you would choose us to serve you. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would just kill in us our old selves. Kill in us the desire to use our words to hurt, Father. I ask that your Holy Spirit would grow inside of us, that Lord, you would just, that you would turn inside of us, that you would make us keenly aware of every word that we would use that would bring hurt, that God, we could replace it with hope. Father, replace the words that we use with words from your Spirit, with words from your Son, that we might just be more and more like you. God, be honored with our words. Be honored with our words, Father. Let the people around us find hope in our words, God. Lord, let there be less and less and less and less of us and more and more and more and more of you, God, that you would be built up, that you would be famous, that when people would listen to us, they would hear you, that when they would look at us, they would see you, that God, we, we would pass away and that you would come forward, Lord. God, be honored and glorified in every word we speak. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.